0: DJPK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Jay, good morning. Morning, guys. So, you got to uh, hear from Kalani on the uh, Army game getting uh, postponed. What level of hope do you have for it being rescheduled?
1: Uh, I don't have much hope, to be honest with you. I know they talked yesterday that there's a lot of hope down in Provo, but um, when the uh, when the Army AD basically went out and said, "Hey, we're looking for for somebody to fill that Saturday," and Army already has, I think, twelve games, or or would have twelve games if they if they add that game. Um, I think basically he was sending the message that you know, we're, 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 we're moving on from BYU. Um, so um, what a that, bummer. that, that, that is moving on my, from BYU. Uh, I, that was just kind that of sucks. what I got from that tweet. So um, I, I don't know. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think, uh, I think there'll be more cancellations uh, down the road for, for all teams and, and postponements and all that. So, um, I literally, Army might lose a game here or there, and and circle back and say, oh, yeah, maybe we will. Uh, you know, we will get BYU, especially a home game, and especially if you can, in November, if you can get a crowd, if you um, that should be pretty good for their, you know, for their bottom line. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'd say I'm uh, leaning towards that it won't be played, but I'm, but I'm hopeful because. You know, I wanna go out there. I basically had to cancel my plane ticket um when they when they postponed the game and, and I'd love to see Army so so I hope it happens. I still on?
0: Yeah, I think PK's the one who dropped. I think he's asking a question that's not happening right now. Typically we alternate, oh. and so I had asked you one. I expect he would jump in, so I don't know what happened there. Uh, socially distanced, so uh, you know, no eye contact. Now it's kind of odd, Jay.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> uh, so with the Louisiana Tech, that seems like a pretty good get. I didn't have very. I know they were talking about adding games during the season, but. You know, the number of conferences that aren't playing non-conference games and the fact everybody else had a lot of games set with their conference schedule, I had pretty low expectations to get a team that's averaging nine wins a year over the last six years, to get a team coming off a 10-win season. uh, I thought that was a pretty good get. That was really, I think, kind of top shelf as far as what's available out there.
1: Yeah, I I, I was pretty impressed, too. Uh, And like you said, I mean, they're they're not going to get a, a P5 game. I think that's pretty obvious by now, so and especially after some of the Sun Belt teams beat the Big Twelve, uh, you know, if you're a if you're a Power Five team, I I, I don't know if you want a piece of that, um, but yeah, that that is a, a good get, and it'll be interesting to see if BYU is going to uh, is going to make that a, you know, a home and home if they're going to return the game. I combed through a bunch of uh, newspaper reports on that last night trying to figure yeah. that out and uh it and who knows, so um I'm putting in that grandma request to law tech to see what's in that contract um but the way those are going lately, I don't know that that will be delivered, so uh we'll just have to wait and see but but certainly uh a, a really good game for that October second game, which is when b y u would have been hosting Utah State, so this isn't as good as that game, but uh it's pretty good yet.
2: Yeah, I asked a great question. You folk just didn't hear me. But I heard you, and you'll hear me now. You got me now? I got you, PK. Okay, so I need to know. How many guys have tested? Is it 3? Is it 5? Is it 11? Is it 23? Is it 18? That's the big number, as if it matters.
1: Yeah, that's uh, – uh, I heard, you know, yesterday I think you had a number. I think uh, Gordon Monson in a column had a number. I had a different number, which is closer to yours than Gordon's. I think some of it might be semantics. Is Are you talking about players? Are you talking about other people within the program? I mean, there's a lot of kind of different variables. But uh, but I'll just say um, that, uh, that I've heard that it's uh, – you know, closer to what you reported, PK, than than anything else. Well, they did
2: say it was a low number, and I think it was a low number. And I had also heard that maybe, you know, BYU wasn't uh, all that thrilled with the decision that there were other a- outside agencies uh, putting a play on it, particularly with Utah and Utah State not playing. Have you heard any of that?
1: Yeah, I've heard some of that. I've heard that there are some health officials uh, maybe that lean toward allegiance toward those other programs that, that aren't exactly thrilled that BYU is the only team in the western U.S., let alone the state of Utah, still playing. So uh, I've heard kind of rumblings and rumors of that. Um, and I think the bottom line, though, is I think the restrictions on this place by travelers by the state of New York is kind of the overriding factor in this. I think even if Army had agreed to, to, to let BYU come play, I think they still had to jump through that hoop of the, the state of New York. And I think that was the, the bottom line reason why the game was, was postponed slash canceled.
0: Jay Drew joining us, BYU football writer for the Deseret News. I know when the players are on camera, they say the right things. I've heard multiple players say the right things. Uh, do you hear they, – they tend to bring – not always, but they tend to bring veteran players who are more experienced, who you expect would be really invested in playing, and those are the guys I think would be following the rules. Uh, we've seen from other schools that there are guys following the rules, and then there's so many positives. You're thinking, okay, you guys can't really be dialed into this. you know. Multiple schools, in like Texas Tech and Arkansas State most recently. Do you have the feeling that most BYU guys are trying to follow the rules so they at least have a pretty good chance of playing, recognizing that anything can go wrong even if you're following the rules and they may have to postpone a game?
1: Yeah, I do, and you're right. DJ, they do bring selected players uh, that uh, in the first part of fall camp, they were letting us kind of choose, and and they would do their best to to make those interviews available. But recently it's just, like you said, the team captains, the more uh, senior players like James Amphy and Troy Warner yesterday. Um, My gut feeling is that um, around about June or July, that there was, and I've been sources have told me there was an outbreak. They they did have uh, several, quite a few uh, guys test positive, and at that time there was a some pretty stern uh, shots fired across the bow from BYU administration to these players, and from what I've gathered, most of them have have kind of wised up and and followed the protocols and, and done what they're supposed to do, but there's 123 guys on that roster. And and then you also have the support staff and the trainers and the sports medicine people. There's a lot of people kind of mingling and and, and involved in putting on practice. And obviously on that flight to Navy, uh, it wasn't just players. There was on the charter flight, there was all kinds of different people there. So, so it's hard. I mean, you're talking about a ton of people, but I I get the idea from the most part that the last couple of months they've they've done done their best to to follow the guidelines and protocols.
2: So the only time we saw them play, they were pretty doggone impressive. How good is this football team?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed too. I thought, you know, everyone knows about maybe Navy not being prepared or not practicing or going live, but but uh, BYU was really really crisp. I mean, they only had one penalty. They had one false start by a freshman tight end. Um, when's the last time you've ever seen BYU in any game, let alone an opener, only have one penalty? So, I yeah, I thought they were really good. I thought they were physical. Uh, the running backs impressed me. I think that was maybe a question mark. But uh, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa looked good. The receivers looked fairly uh, adequate. Neil Pau and and Gunnar Romney and Dax Mill. So yeah, I was I was uh, I think they lived up to the billing. I I had basically written a little thing saying this might be the best BYU team in Kalani's era, and I think uh, so far they 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 showed that they certainly can do that. So yeah, very very impressive start.
0: It's hard to take one game and then look all the way ahead in the schedule. And I know Navy hadn't been hitting, so that's a factor with the O-line. But when you read how many guys the NFL is looking at in the O-line, and then you see how the O-line plays, and then you look at the schedule, it's pretty easy to jump to the conclusion that they're going to run for a bunch of yards this year and just push people around. Do you think it's that simple, or do you see a bunch of hurdles in there that are maybe a little more hidden than that?
1: Yeah, I think it's that simple. I think um, for some reason BYU always has trouble – Problems keeping running backs healthy, and we've already seen that with Jackson Chesney now out, and then the, the junior college transfer Hinkley Ropati got hurt in practice. I don't know why that is, but they have a lot of problems keeping running backs healthy. But uh, um, and then, kind of looking back at my stories over the years, I, I feel like I've I've always been too optimistic about the offensive line, and uh, and maybe they haven't lived up to expectations or, or kind of the preseason hype. But I think this offensive line is really, really solid. And uh and not only are the five that started solid, they, they seem to have some really, really good players that basically are backing up these these starters. So uh it's it's really deep. And so I think that's a good sign as well.
2: Yeah. And obviously you're running up fifty five points. That's gonna prove that. Uh, but you're only allowing three. It's like those enormous holes in the 8, 9, or 7, 8 yards that the two running backs were averaging caught our attention. But I don't think we can f- overlook the fact that they were dominant on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Air, Air, Air or, uh, not Air Force, but Navy, it's, you can't really judge the secondary because they don't throw the ball and all that. So that's sort of an incomplete there. But the other guys, the front seven up front, uh, collectively, that's as well as they've played and who knows how long.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think uh, that Pepe Tanuvasa, the Navy transfer was a pleasant surprise. You know, I I didn't think he'd see the field much and he came in and led the team in tackles. Um you're right though. I think it'll a bigger test. BYU's big problem last year was they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback and that was shown in the in the bowl game against Hawaii where they just got riddled uh and of course they were playing without Austin Lee, their safety that day. But, uh, but I think that's the big thing we'll see, especially starting with Troy is can they get more pressure on the quarterback and, um, and, and basically take some of the, some of the heat off the defensive backs trying to cover these guys for, you know, for so long. So, so that I think remains to be seen. They did get five sacks against Navy, but Navy was just basically in a panic mode in the second half and, Trying to do something they're not accustomed to doing, and uh, BYU was able to take advantage of it. So, I think the jury is still out a little bit on the defense, just because we're going to see a, a totally different offensive scheme uh, on the 26th than than they saw on the seventh.
0: Your confidence on uh, confident on the 26th?
1: Yeah, I think so, especially since that game's in Provo um I, I in my wildest dreams i can't imagine BYU canceling that game unless there's just this huge breakout i mean the the wild card obviously is is troy if you know they're they're going to have to make a cross country trip and and so they're obviously going to have to stay healthy and and uh, covid free as much as possible
2: What's the media like going to be as far as you covering BYU, what you're going to be allowed to do game days?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, My guess is it'll be the same as it was at Navy for those of us who went out there and that's just, we're just going to have to stay in the press box and do zoom post game interviews on zoom. Just, uh, you know, just like we've been doing all through camp and all that. So, My guess is they won't allow any sort of – there won't be a post-game press conference or anything like that.
0: No run down the elevator with five minutes to go, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I don't know if they're going to limit the amount of people in the press box. I know Navy did that. So they were, you know – well, let's say they were supposed to be three or four feet, five feet between each – reporter it didn't quite work out that way but uh that was kind of their plan
0: well jay we appreciate a few minutes uh thanks for checking in with us and uh hopefully there'll be a game on the
1: 26th okay sounds good thanks for having me on guys yeah jay drew
0: bYU football writer for the Deseret news joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 the
3: zone Ben Roethlisberger back to pass looking and throws and it is complete touchdown Juju Smith-Schuster on a third and four and his third touchdown pass for Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> uh, Juju having fun in the end zone he's missed from 47 he's had one block from 44 he's missed from 42 he's missed an extra point snap set kick redemption for Gostkowski.
0: Sure, he missed a bunch of field goals. Sure, Belichick let him go, but that doesn't mean he can't make a 25-yarder with a game on the line. Little chip shot there at the end, and the Broncos get beat by the Titans. The Titans had the great run to the AFC title game last year. Now, can they do it all year? Was that flash in the pan stuff? Well, they won the first one, and it was way closer than it needed to be. They were the the better team moving up and down the field, and they just couldn't finish drives. You know, the kicker takes all the heat in that situation, PK. But man, put a couple more of those in the end zone already.
2: Yeah, oh, geez, you win as a team, you lose as a team.
0: Thank you, PK. <laughs> Monday Night Football doubleheader: the Steelers won and looked good with Roethlisberger back. They looked like a playoff team, and they dominated the Giants. It wasn't it wasn't as close as the twenty six sixteen score.
2: Nah, I mean, it's a wider gap than only eight points. If you look at it logically and objectively, that's what you come to the conclusion of. You know what I mean?
0: Well, the gap was 10 points, not eight. But
2: Yes. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's much larger than eight points. You just proved my point. You follow me? Following. All right, that was so of the know, Monday Night Football.
0: we. Uh, before we leave football, we discussed- did you know
2: yes. today... Yock just tweeted this out. I saw.
0: Merlin Olsen would have been 80. We were just talking about it in the break. The
2: big 8-0 he simply for Simply is the greatest Utah athlete without question.
0: And you have to go to high school Ever, to qualify for that? What is the, your qualification? Anything. Anything.
2: Any. Any tie whatsoever. One day in the state of Utah representing a Utah team. Bingham High. The Jazz. American Fork, you name it. American Fork, here come the Taysom Hill stands. He is simply the most accomplished and greatest of any of Steve Young. Accomplished. I was
0: going to, yeah, Steve Young and Jim McMahon and you can't statues. argue with, though. I don't Stockton think. and Malone. All yes. those Pro Bowls, everything he did. Yes. You're going to go to the there TV none, shows? And I was going say the, Little House on the Prairie amongst many other TV shows he did. Little
2: House on the Prairie? I mean, the James family would gather.
0: That mom,
2: Mom would take an off story and watch that show.
0: Oh, don't. No. So my, Seriously? My wife in the...
2: Couldn't you wait until after 10 o'clock on this one?
0: In, no. You, you, you did it. <laughs> it's your fault. You know it's out there, and you, you went to it. My wife... So my wife worked with Merlin's brother-in-law and knew him quite well. I, I, and I got to know the guy, too. And, uh, oh, Marty? Yeah. And so we end up, at, we didn't have much family here. My son had just been born, so we didn't have any family at that point. And so uh, he, he invited us over for Christmas. I was working on Christmas night. And so Merlin I ran over. invited you over? To his to his mom's the grandmother, uh, the matriarch of the family had a big, and so we were invited there, and they had to be. 15, 20, 25 people there. I don't know. And so I ducked in and out real quick, and, and, and Merlin was there, and we were talking about it later. And we were on the phone back when there were landlines and multiple people would be on multiple extensions. And my wife said, Yeah, the, and the Little House on the Prairie guy was there. And I'm like, Oh, and dad just starts laughing because he realizes that my wife associates Merlin with the Little House on the Prairie while he and I associate Merlin with the NFL. I, I'm not old enough to to have seen Merlin's playing career, but that was in dad's wheelhouse, man. Merlin was the man.
2: (laughs) Well, you don't have to be old enough to to know. No,
0: I mean, I know. He was in I mean, I remember him announcing games left and right, Rose Bowls and Super Bowls and all that stuff. So, all sorts of big games. There's Uh,
2: no one greater than Merlin Olsen. He's the GOAT of Utah. All
0: right, Steve Young fans, line up. Let's go. And then you can go apples and oranges into basketball for stock that I'm alone,
2: huh? You can go melons and strawberries and grapes and. Will peaches. Donovan Mitchell pass him? No. <laughs> it's Merlin forever. Well, I don't know that, but you asked if Donovan Mitchell will pass him. The answer is no. No, he will not. No, absolutely not. No, Steve's Merlin a comparison
0: because he's got that Monday Night Football uh, broadcasting career going with ESPN. He's done a bunch of NFL stuff for him. I guess he needs a prime time show now to to match Merlin and the trifecta. Uh,
2: phenomenal, Steve Young, yeah, absolutely phenomenal, but not to the level of Merlin Olson. But he's got and Merlin a suit- Olson's a native. He was born in Logan, wasn't he? Not.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Logan a- high grad. State, Utah State, yeah. and all
2: that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. Steve there's was a n- Connecticut guy, so uh yeah yeah. Connecticut
0: high school football right he's born in Salt Lake City come on now
2: yeah I mean his ties run very deep so he doesn't have to apologize or you're not stretching it but I I have to go the nod and and Merlin at 80 he died what in his 60s he's been dead probably 13 14 years something like that
0: I think you're about right yeah
2: yeah yeah but what, what a life man wow
0: All right, that's some of the football we've talked about and some new bonus football for you, those of you who's just joining us now. Uh, the college football, uh, well, we did not we did not hit on this. The Pac-12 wants a six-week ramp-up to prepare for the season, ideally. So if it's coming back, because the tests are a game-changer, according to the commissioner, if it's coming back, it looks like a mid-to-late November start for the Pac-12. Is there any way they play enough games and have a conference championship that you know somebody like Oregon or USC can be considered for the playoff? Or they'll get ruled out because they only play six or seven games. I would expect they get ruled out because they only play six or seven games. Well,
2: I think that they'll get ruled out because the others will play earlier. I think the Big Ten is going to try to go earlier to get themselves, to get Ohio State in position. Six weeks ramp-up, Jim Harbaugh said two weeks for his ball club. So that's interesting. That Scott they Frost extra- from
0: Nebraska said three. But haven't they been practicing a long? Whereas USC hasn't been allowed to practicing practice. Is a loose term. Uh, practicing
2: yeah. what though? Yeah, I don't know that they've been practicing. I don't know real to football. what level. Yeah, I don't think they've been going, doing stuff, uh, modified summer workouts basically with more coaching supervision than you're allowed in the summer. Uh, but nevertheless, that's not the point of quibbling over the amount of time. Is can they get themselves in position? I think they should do everything in their power to get themselves in position. Uh, now, Oregon has lost some players. Maybe if they come back soon enough, those players can still come back. It's not like there was any law or NCAA regulation when Sewell said he was going to opt out. Right. Uh, we've already seen, as you mentioned earlier, somebody from LSU opting back in. LSU's... So maybe if they were to do yeah. that, they could, these kids that have they have lost some players, they could opt in. And SC has lost some guys. But those are the two overwhelming favorites this year.
0: LSU's defensive lineman, Neil Farrell, or Farrell, Farrell, is expected to opt back in. He started all 15 games last year. He had family concerns regarding the the COVID 19 pandemic. So he may opt back in. So that would be a role model for anyone else who's like, well, he did that. Maybe I should do it too.
2: Yeah, I would like to see them with their teams intact get back as soon as they possibly can. I would think everyone would like to see that. And what's it, December, that third uh, Sunday in December, the last Sunday before Christmas, they're scheduled mm-hmm. to announce the four teams. Uh, I think the Pac-12 will, it gets ragged on for not having a representative this year to probably get a pass in that way. Oregon is expected to be all that, although obviously they have a new quarterback, which is an important position. An X factor. Yeah. And SC, too, both kids, both are quarterbacks from the state of Arizona, and they've got a number of pro prospects on their teams there. And you don't know what's going to happen, but it looks like on paper, I think it played out last year the way we thought on paper. Certainly in the South, Utah was the overwhelming favorite, and they won it. Uh, So, you know, quibble over third and fourth places or whatnot, but... It looks like those two teams, and it would be a shame if those, either of those two teams had a legitimate representative that could have gotten in and doesn't get in because of this COVID thing or they don't play enough games or whatnot, uh, wondering how that would be and wondering what format would they play. You know, are you going – if you're not playing – The full nine games, in my mind, there's no reason to have a ship at the end of the season, is there?
0: You mean a conference championship or a... Yeah, um, yeah, I I can still see a reason. I I can see where they'd still want to have a reason for it if uh, they declare a champion. But it seems like at minimum they'll play the five division games and then...
1: The
0: the reason they wouldn't is money. Because if you play the championship game, yes, you get paid for it, but that's a week where you could have six more games. And we've already been told uh, by the athletic director that a game is worth basically $5 million. So if you have a full week of games, you get $30 million. Now, you may get more than $5 million for the conference game. It could be worth, I would think the conference title game would be worth more than the average random conference game. But I wouldn't think it's worth six times more. To me, if you got a date to play on, you might as well play the the full six. And if you're not going to get a team in the playoff, and really, I don't think they are, in that case, play a nine-game regular season into January and have the conference jan- championship on January, whatever.
2: Okay, if you're playing nine games, yes. But right. I'm under the assumption that they wouldn't be playing the nine games. That's my point.
0: You think they wouldn't have the regular season go into January?
2: Well, I don't know when it's going to start, so I, I was can't just say saying when it's going to end.
0: I was going with the assumption late November, which I realize at this point... Might be a little more than a dart on a into the wall, you know. And then
2: what are they going to do for Christmas time? How and how are they going to handle we'll finals?
0: Play through and, it like basketball does, I assume. Yeah, but even
2: basketball, they get time off. A little bit. You're right.
0: And maybe they would take a one week. You know, maybe they would try to align games because different schools have different final schedules. You know, it's a little off.
2: They so, usually have a week off in finals, and they get at least a few days. There's only one coach I know on the face of the earth who (laughs) ever practiced at 10 a.m. Christmas morning. (laughs) (laughs) May he rest in peace. I had one guy tell me he never even mentioned anything about it. We had a 10 a.m. Christmas morning meeting, and there was no acknowledgement of the day.
0: No, no, like, hey, Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> nothing. Now
2: nothing, let's get to work. <laughs> nothing. How are your kids, you know? What'd you get them? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, on this pick-and-roll coverage. <laughs> and then later, uh, as the... His life progressed, he moved it to like six o'clock in the at night. so at least you had that going you know? <laughs> but uh, so you know there's a lot of logistics to to work out. How would they do it? I wouldn't think that a conference title game would be worth more. Why would you say that? If there's no fans, why would it be worth more?
0: I mean in terms of the payout from the TV networks. Because we were told that an average game is worth five million bucks on that network TV contract. Now I assume that you get higher ratings for the conference title game, and therefore it's worth more than five million bucks. But a yeah, full but week, a full week would be six games, six packed games at five you get million. Higher each. ratings, right? Exactly. That's why I would think yeah. that until they, if you'd have the conference title game to propel somebody into the playoff. But I don't think they're
2: getting right, someone they, into the playoffs. but if you've playoff. already passed it, why have that, though? It doesn't make any sense. Well, the only way to get
0: someone into the playoff, if you're starting in late November, is to play five conference games and then play a conference title game. But I don't think that would get it done. I think the I think the committee would look at you and go, yeah, you only played six games. You're not good enough. And it would be four of the conference champs are in. So at that point, if well, I'm the depending, Pac-12... depending on how
2: many losses, though... Hmm... Um,
0: yeah, I don't theoretically yes, but realistically no. You know, they would just be an undefeated 6 and 0 team and like we'll take this team over here that's 9 and 1 or 10 and 1. That's my guess what would happen. I mean, well, obviously it depends on
2: who those teams are. It,
0: sure. I mean, there's a bunch of variables we don't know and who the loss if is If you're going to gonna
2: take a 7 and 0 SC over Penn State, I don't see it. I think SC would bring more eyeballs. If, that, and it's, and it,
0: if it were to it's, play out that way, sure, you might be able it's to. It's
2: entertainment. Let's not lose sight. It's not just pure competition. Sure. It's entertainment.
0: I, I just so. wonder, won't the Pac-12 have to announce a um, announce what their plan is before it gets to that point and they know? I Oh, assume,
2: they'd have to announce it well before.
0: Right. And so I think the assumption going in is we're probably going to get left out. Let's play a nine-game season that goes into January and get the money
2: back. Well, if you can swing that, but goes into January, see, they and the Pac-12 was real snooty about the student-athlete
0: crap. Yeah, that's true, and that would be a—so that. So then, well, we don't play into the second semester, and so they don't right. want to do it. So that argument As is out that's there. That's so bad. That argument is out there, but we know— you know, I mean, the Utes are doing these furloughs and they're taking this massive hit financially. And we know there are schools that are in way tougher financial situations than the U.S. I mean, Cal, because they read at their football stadium, put them out there first. Right there. But there are other schools that have issues, too. So I'm thinking they may just say, let's play the there's going to be a lot of votes for let's play the games and recoup the money, recoup as much as possible, because we're in a tough spot. Okay, but if you
2: can play in the January, why can't you play in October? You
0: no, know, because at this point you haven't had the teams practicing. You don't think you can get the tests in in order. You don't know that the health officials in California and Oregon are going to, A, let those teams practice, B, let teams fly in like like BYU just ran into with New York.
2: Sure. As, I mean, as I don't... long as you don't start until after the election, hell, you can play election night. Come on. <laughs>
0: Well, October would be before the election, so that's not happening either. I mean, the thing is, it's September 15th now, so playing in October gets tougher to do.
2: But I have no idea that it's any tougher than playing in January. That's my point.
0: Well, if you can play—I mean, they think they can start in November, so then, logically, you ought to be able to play into January. Unless we have a second wave and the whole thing gets— they don't you know, know that they can anyway. start
2: in November. There has been no announcements that says we can start. No, those are all leaks. All spec.
0: That's all spec. That's all sources. Right. But if they don't start any earlier than that, then there's no way they're squeezing anything in for the playoff. At which point then they're getting into spring football, which as Kyle says, that is an eight-game schedule at max, but more likely it's in that five, six, seven range.
2: Right. And which comes you're back five, to six, your six, playing seven, division I see games. I no point of a title game. Yeah.
0: All right, DJ and PK, that's somewhat we've been talking about. We talked a little NBA playoffs as well. Game 7 tonight, Nuggets and Clippers. I'm thoroughly confused now, PK. I expect the Clippers to do it, but I expected them to do it before. I've expected the Nuggets to lose multiple times, and they haven't lost any of them. They're 5-0 in elimination games. It seems too Cinderella-ish to expect the Nuggets to do it.
2: Well, didn't you do that one year with Dallas? You picked against them and they won Four to
0: rounds in a row, and I only missed on four <laughs> rounds. Their title year, I'd been burned by them as a 1C losing 8s. I'm not buying into the Mavs. And when they were down 2-0 to the Heat, I'm like, see, I'm finally right. And they won four in a row.
2: Go Nuggets.
0: Well, absolutely. Root for, I'll, I'll root for the Nuggets tonight. I don't want to see an All-L.A. The, the thought, that just reinforces the notion of the whole league, if you want to win, go as a free agent to L.A., It's bad for every small to medium-sized market out there. It means that two-thirds of the league is a feeder to one-third of the league. Don't reinforce that sentiment. Go Nuggets.
2: you told me that they wouldn't go there because of state taxes. Now you're telling me that they're all going to go there. Which is it?
0: That's one of the few places they'll go, but it's Florida and Texas that have the advantage. But not everybody can go to Florida and Texas. Plus, Hollywood.
2: Okay, good old Hollywood. You
0: make so much more money, you can afford the taxes.
2: Yeah, you keep going with that theory.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That's what we've been talking about. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us.
3: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
0: The BYU Army game has been postponed. I did some digging and someone who I trust told me 11
1: players tested positive and they retested some of those players and a number of them were negative on the second try. But 22 or thereabout players were quarantined because of exposure of one kind or another. I don't doubt BYU is trying to keep this thing under control as best that BYU can do.
0: It's a bummer this happened, but I think it's worth noting that BYU is doing the right thing. They told People about it. They were upfront about it. This is reacting to the situation as opposed to hiding from it, and I think that's the wise thing to do.
3: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only 359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Sergeant Jazz wants to see Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana in a Threes Company remake. That would give Steve Young the TV series he needs to match uh, Merlin Olsen. Who's in there? Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana. That wasn't really the idea of Threes Company. Yeah, that
2: doesn't have to be a woman or two women, right? Yeah, right. Or one, at least one woman. How? What was that show? What was it?
0: That was uh, two women and one guy. Sharing an apartment. In yeah, uh yeah, some yeah, yeah. somewhere in LA in one of your beach communities. I can't remember which one.
2: Probably Santa Monica. That's the closest one to Hollywood. Uh you getting a
0: shout out this morning. Brad texting in about seven thirty. This is the best at PK Kinahan I've ever heard in my ten years of listening to their show. Look
2: at you. Peak PK. Yeah, there's a couple of things there is that uh, he agreed with what I was saying. Oh,
0: yeah, that's (laughs) usually it. I don't agree with this guy. He's the best I've ever heard. That's how we all decide. Whenever you hear hear someone say, I like so-and-so, they're really smart. The first thing that tells you is that whatever you were talking about, that's what they think. I think Aunt Gertrude is bad bleep crazy, but nobody else in the family will say it. Well, if somebody else in the family says it, I think they're really smart. Well, yeah, because that's you agree about Aunt Gertrude.
2: Yeah, and then secondly, I have when we all have these, they're all different. Each one of us, I have some life experiences that uh, maybe some are different from, and every everyone's life experience really is different. But you know, I can speak on. The top, we were talking about junior college at that yeah, point, right? And
0: I have some experience, and, with and that. it wouldn't and be I've, surprising to find out that he had some life experience yeah. in that resonated. You know, that resonated,
2: right? So there was some. I obviously made some type of connection there, uh, but that I don't discount your life experiences, and I've actually leaned on you for. Uh, other stuff and, and personal lives and your life experience was different than mine. But that, that, that's the great thing about it. And, and the one thing, you, you know, and uh, you can go read it. It's posted uh, what Gail Miller was saying yesterday uh, uh, on, uh, on our website, 1280 The Zone, KSL will post it too. Uh, you talked about how you and I, you, you phrased a question to her. That really, really hit home with me. And you talked about basically how we've been talking. Well, you know, if you can bring whatever the general conflict is in the country and bring it down to a personal level, that a lot of times it can go away. So if you have friends and you can find folks and you meet folks that are of different races and you just you know, metaphorically rub shoulders with them, you find out that you like them and they're striving for the same things that you are. And so that helps break away and melt away these barriers. And so you end up knowing people. And then she made a phenomenal comment that the uh, best way to love folks is to serve them. And then when you serve them, you find that you love them. And I thought that was a very powerful statement.
0: Yeah. I really think it comes down to doing the work. I think the words and the symbols have divided us. I think we can all come up with five or ten off the top of our head. Uh, you know, and you'll make fun of me for, you know, the charity work and I'm doing. But I don't do any of that by myself. I do it in groups. And I know... That you get in these groups, you get 10 or 15 people in a room, everybody doesn't vote for the same candidate, everybody doesn't go to the same church, everybody doesn't live in the same part of town, and yet you're really bonded with those people because you're doing the work, you know? And so what you value, uh, you know, everybody's putting in too much time and effort and too much sweat to uh, to not have some... Of the same values. And that doesn't matter mean that you can't get to other issues and have differences. Uh, but I think the the shouting we see at each other in social media, that just can't happen in the group. You got too much respect for those people because you know what they've sunk into it. All right, one thing yeah, before well, we yes. go. One thing before we go here, Brett McMurphy, we've had him on the show. Uh, this is from his Twitter account. Nebraska President Ted Carter says this morning, not knowing he's on a hot mic before a news conference, quote Ready to announce the Huskers in Big Ten football tonight. Unquote. Good. So leaking out. There you go. So did he know he was on a hot mic or did he pretend it's, he didn't know he was knowing, on a hot mic? But hey, you know. Yeah, when, right, I know. As one person noted, <laughs> this is the most Big Ten way to announce this. <laughs> it really is. The uh, in the show The West Wing, there was a whole episode about a gaffe the president made into an open mic. And it was, in, and it took, even his staff, it took him a while to wait. Wait a minute. He did that on purpose to set all this stuff in motion. That wasn't a gaffe. Was that a gaffe or was that Nebraska's president putting the other, putting the other presidents on the hot seat? He knew what he was doing. Oh, that was a hot mic. My bad. Dang it. All right. Conspiracy theorist. There I am, PK, right out in front of the conspiracy theory. All right. Scotty and Anza coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.